Holy Pincushions. This is Flight Check Season 2, Episode 17. We're back once again, talking FlyQuest in all capacities. My name is Sandy Toes, and to my left and my extra left are my fellow hosts, Noxwar and Curly Double Q. Back one more time. But not the last time, obviously. Just just one more time. Uh, Curly, after a week of games and ping controversy and uh, everything pretty much going to chalk, uh, how are you feeling about MSI so far? Are, you got the got like a positive attitude towards it, <clears throat> negative? I think I've seen some discussion out there in the community. So how are you feeling about MSI? I mean, for me, it's very up and down. Like... I think the addressing of the ping issue where it was like inconsistent with what which <clears throat> with what was said, that was very good from Riot. I think that's a good response and I would hope that it would have like just made everyone kind of like be quiet about the whole thing and just let the rest of it go. Uh, but you know, there was that weird announcement yesterday that I didn't fully understand, but essentially that said the client reporting for the LCK is different than what the actual thing is and everyone's on the same ping and everyone got confused. So I'd say for that aspect of it, it's like, all right, I'm <clears throat> kind of neutral towards it. Because even though I was hyped for some groups at the start during the group draws, I then realized how bland some of the competition mm -hmm. has been because of how predictable it is. It, like, I found myself being most excited for any time Saigon Buffalo was facing uh, DFM. And that was about it. Yeah, yeah. it was... It was a little strange for me because at first I was very excited. I do like seeing, you know, the regions go up against each other, getting a general idea, especially the minor regions, like which one, which ones are strong. Um, but mm -hmm. it just felt like almost every game was a stomp. You know, RNG oh, yeah. stomped through their group kind of like one and a half times over. I mean, they basically went 9-0 <laughs> in their group. Yeah. Um, T1 smashed their group g2 smashed their group although it was a little little closer i would say on on the g2 front um but yeah just like the teams that were expected to win won and the matchup that everyone thought was going to be way closer saigon versus uh dfm was not close at all um and so yeah just uh for me it would just I think what was frustrating for me and Knox, you know, I'll, I'll hit you on this next. Like, it just felt like a little, like, boring almost. And now kind of my excitement for the next stage has kind of been, like, snatched away a little bit. Because I just had to watch six days of games that felt fairly meaningless. Because we, we know what, te we basically knew what teams were going to go through. And well, we just kind of well, had to do. That's why like, I was watching and giving you recommendations. Right. Well, so every day you would. <laughs> what I was gonna say is like, at first you were basically saying like, yeah, watch these three games, get the highlights of these two, and skip this one. And then by the end of the weekend, you were like, yeah, you can skip the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I act, I straight up skipped uh, all of Group A's like final games. Like I didn't watch any of them. Uh, I did want to go back and watch the Saigon DFM game because I understand that was a banger. But I was just like, mm -hmm. there's no need. I I know T1's going to make it through. Saigon looks pretty good. And, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. How are you feeling? Is it, 
has it been kind of boring for you? Maybe it's a format issue. I, I'm sure that's something we can discuss as well. But uh, yeah, no, it's this has been a very boring tournament. This format is not good. It's been all over Twitter. It's been all over Reddit. Uh, I it, yeah, like Jack's been Jack and Mark Z have been talking about it on JLXP. It's been talked about on I Will Dominate's like podcast. Like everyone's talking about how this format is just. It's just not good, and uh, I mean, I I actually even made a PowerPoint and I sent it to Jet because <laughs> in his JLXP he was like, I would actually love for people to send me like ideas on formats on ways that MSI could be made, and I even followed like all of Mark Z's like, well you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, like I followed all those uh, restrictions and was like, here is my suggestion, and so. I, not that it, it does anything, right? Like, they don't have any power in dedicating it to or making any changes, but I thought it would be something that would be cool that maybe, hopefully, chat will discuss on, like, the next JLXP yeah. and just at least point out flaws or something. But the po point of the whole thing is, like, yes, this tournament has not been very entertaining. This format is awful. Um, it doesn't invite that many exciting matchups outside of usually whatever group NA is in. Yeah. Uh, and I say that unironically un because, like, we are the best Tier 2 region. And so we don't ever win against the Tier 1s, but generally most of the time you can expect to have at least a competitive game. Yeah. And so it sucks, <laughs> but that's what you get out of it. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think we, we're going to have some good discussions tonight, probably on format, some more of the ping controversy, um, and just kind of discussing where EG goes from here. Uh, there's a couple LCS roster confirmations and rumors that will hit, and then a little bit about Kadoran's weekend at Summit. I believe he was at Summit, right? Um, yes. Yeah, Smash Summit 13. Yeah, so we'll be going over that. Uh, if you cannot catch all of the show tonight, the VOD will be available here and on YouTube on our channel Flight Check Podcast. And the audio version should go up on your favorite listening platforms as well uh, in the next few days. Uh, and if you've got any uh, Twitch Prime subs, hey, now's the time. Throw a bone your uh, favorite FlyQuest podcaster's way. Uh, <laughs> we'd certainly appreciate it, appreciate recouping some of our losses from, uh, you know, Houston Finals. So... <laughs> <laughs> That Airbnb was not cheap. <laughs> um, neither it were, was nice neither were the plane tickets. So nothing was cheap in, in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. It, cheap you know, there. they say every the most affordable thing was the breakfast tacos. Everything was bigger in Texas, right? Well, so were the prices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's get into it. Um, let's just hit the some of the LCS uh, rumors real quick, just to get those out of the way. So, couple confirmed ones um uh immortals did announce that wild turtle uh has been released so he is a free agent once again <coughs> um which kind of tracks with some of the rumors that uh lost is being brought in uh to replace him and then the other one that i want to talk about is gamsu from 100 thieves academy uh, getting released as well, but n not less of a release. Like I want to um, find the uh, the tweet. Actually, yeah, here it is. <coughs> uh, bid farewell to an integ integral part of our academy roster. While we hate to lose his talents, 
We are incredibly excited about his future plans for summer. Best of luck on the rift in the road ahead. Uh, so to me, this sounds like Gamsu has another gig lined up. Um, and I am curious to see where that is. My initial thoughts, Nox, are... Is the dig top lane spot open uh, for Mr. Gamsu? Is this the return of... I think he was on dig uh, a long, long time ago. Is it, yes, he was with Core JJ yeah, himself. Is this the return of Dig Gamsu? Is this uh, is this a possibility here? <laughs> I I would absolutely say it's a fair possibility. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, so it, it's it's weird because Gamsu was gone for a while, right? He was playing in the Overwatch League, and it was during that time period he got his green card. Mm. So I keep forgetting that he's technically uh, a resident. Yeah. And so I, I sit here and I don't think about it. It's like, where is he going? This guy's a resident. He's like, like he's solid, but he's not like solid enough to get like an LCS starting spot as a resident, but he's, or as a uh, non-resident. Yeah, as an import, but, yeah. But then you think about it, and it's like, oh wait, no, he does have his green card. He got it during his Overwatch days, which is why you don't think about it. And I would say as a resident, I mean, I think Dig, I mean, it's an upgrade for Dignitas for sure. So, yeah. and I would, I would even beg the probability of it's probably a cheaper deal than tenacity yeah so even though i think tenacity over time probably has more upside i think gamsu is probably a more of a win now option and he's cheaper so if dig goes that route i think it's actually a very very smart choice if they go that route yeah. but we'll see yeah looking at i looked up uh gamsu's twitter and he said uh two days ago I will always be grateful to 100T for taking a chance on me and giving me the chance I needed to come back to Professional League of Legends. I'm excited to share later what I have been cooking. So I don't know. That could be uh, a starter spot, uh, but that could also that could be any kind of thing. That could be um, coaching, you know, something else. Uh, so I think there's a lot of possibilities. Curly, I mean, you know, what are your thoughts? Are there, besides the dig route uh what are some other options that you could see gamsu going towards i mean right now when i'm looking at the gcd the um you know the dig top is that big blank spot so i do think there's a high possibility especially with you uh see cole from 100 talk talking about how he's been underrating gamsu uh, on his actual ability so there's a good chance that he might like i think this might actually be the most likely thing the other thing I could see, though, is a potential of a sort of Broxa deal where he's a content creator, where he's like, even though he's not able to get an LCS spot, there might be people that recognize his abilities, and he can shift that towards more of a content focus, being part of podcasts or signing with a team as a creator. So that's the other thing that might come to my mind, because I see that happen with a lot of former pros, like you see it with Medios, you see it with Doublelift right now, so even though he might not have as big as a platform, I want to say that's just, at least to me, the only other highly likely thing unless he uh might find another region to perform it my my, all, my only stipulation on that is if you become a content creator you are already on 100 thieves like why, <laughs> why not just stick with them right because 100 thieves content for sure is like they're crazy in its content so i don't know oh yeah yeah that's true but or he might be trying to have his own brand Absolutely. who knows true uh so there's those two confirmed things. I don't think there's any, been anything else that has been confirmed. Um, I actually, I do, I will point out the Cloud9 rumors were confirmed. 
So it is indeed Fudge, Blabber, Jensen, uh, Berserker, Zven as their roster. And then I do have to throw this one out there as well. Uh, Meech uh, from Immortals AoE, <laughs> uh, now going to the CLG Academy spot as their bot laner. And that is because um, their bot laner, uh, Prismal, uh, is stepping away from Pro League of Legends for a while. So, Which sucks. Uh, that, that guy, I really, really thought deserved a shot. Yeah coming into this past split yeah so uh yeah so finally uh our longtime viewer and listener tmb gets some justification for uh meech getting an academy spot so hey there you go uh finally getting it um all right and then a couple rumors so there was a rumor that came out this week that the jungler for order uh kevy who's at MSI right now, well, eliminated now, uh, is going to be picked <laughs> up to play in Academy for CLG, a lot of CLG moves, uh, as their jungler. Um, and this is interesting, an interesting rumor. We were just talking about this pre-show. So, Nox, you know, you, you cut yourself off before you talked about it too much before we went live. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, this if this does go through... Okay, is Rose Thorn getting pushed out, or is Rose Thorn going up to the starting spot? And you know, I mean, that would mean contracts. Where does he go? So, a whole lot of questions there. I mean, Immortals has a big blank spot. Immortals has a big blank spot in jungle. This is true. Yeah, uh, there's gonna be some major roster shuffles, no matter how, no matter how you pin this, right? Yeah. But uh, looking at CLG specifically with Kevy. Uh, I would definitely say with the way CLG looked this past split and how Contracts was, I think, in probably 90% of the community's eyes, objectively the 10th place jungler. Uh, and with Rose Storm performing the way he did during the regular season of Academy, I would definitely say CLG is looking to bring Rose Thorn up, mm. dropping Contracts, and, and that is where Kevy could possibly slot in. Uh, whether they should do that or not... I'm still on the fence about, right? Uh, I'm I'm very much for giving Rose Thorn a shot because Contracts has just not been it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> right? Rice Box being a little more brutal about it than me. Uh, he's <laughs> saying straight up just the worst player in the league. But I, I don't want to be that mean. But, I mean, you may not be far off there, Rice. Uh, yeah. So, no matter what, I, I'm kind of in support of for CLG's sake, dropping contracts, bring Rose Thorn up. Rose Thorn looks very promising. I don't know if Kevy is the route you should go. I think there's probably other more promising options that you could pick up. Uh, but at the same time, who knows? Because I know CLG Amateur is a thing now, and there's mm -hmm. been a lot of chaos actually going on in the amateur scene due to the CLG Amateur tryouts. Like, literally the whole scene is on pause right now until CLG... Rock, uh, locks in their amateur roster. Wow. It is actually kind of nuts. I had not heard that. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, so in the next coming days, like, you're going to see a whole bunch, like, I don't know how much you guys follow on uh, amateur Twitter, but there's going to be a whole bunch of roster blowups. Like, oh, we got a roster, we got a roster, we got it's all going to blow up in the next, like, two days. Because CLG is going to finally lock their stuff and everyone's going to oh, hey, uh, you're my second option, pick me up, and everyone's just going to, like, it's just going to be a mad dash. 
Wow, that's super interesting. I did not realize that that was the uh, the issue with uh, the amateur scene. I didn't realize CLG had that. Their, part part their of it is was um, so yeah. Like, part of, invasive part of the staffing. Scene. Okay, interesting. Well, it, it's not. It's not even that. It's uh, it's not even invasive. Part of it is because uh, you, you already have uh, hundred necks in there. You have EG prodigies in there. Um, there's a third amateur board that I heard was possibly looking at joining. I don't know if it ended up happening or not. I haven't been keeping up too much in the rumors. But CLG announced, like, only probably a week and a half to two weeks ago, like, hey, we're doing this. Mm. And they brought on Maya, who was helping out with Wildcard yep. and a bunch of other collegiates uh, teams. And she's super well-respected. She's super smart. Um, CLG brought her on, said, hey, we want you to lead this program. And everyone goes, oh, shit. <laughs> this is an org that I actually want to play on right now. Right. They're actually going to have backing. They're going to have funding and support. I got to get on this team if I want to make a name for myself. Which, fair play. Like, do it. Like, CLG, amateur, like, even if you don't really think the org has been doing the best, it's still an LCS name brand in the amateur scene, and they're going to have backing and support for you. So yeah. that's why everyone who's anyone is trying to get in and onto this team right now. And if you don't get in, it's going to be a mad scramble trying to get to everywhere else. Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be, yeah, it'll be super interesting to see what the amateur scene looks like this summer. I think, um, especially after LCS finals, right. And people realizing that, Hey, there might be some NA talent actually, uh, you know, within the things. Uh, One interesting thing, Curly, I want to get your thoughts on real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a rumor put out by LEC Wulu that uh, Cloud9's ex-support Winsome might be going over to uh, Unicorns of Love Sexy Edition, uh, I think over in the German <laughs> League. And, yeah, I mean, that was just like a, huh, moment for me when I saw that. Um, I just don't know what to think about that. I, I don't know if you had any thoughts in particular there, but... If you do, I'd love to hear about them. I mean, I don't... So, of the ERLs, I pay most attention to LFL. Um, and then it's like, I see what um, <clears throat> Superliga, and I believe it's called Prime League is the mm-hmm. German one. Yep. Uh, I see mostly what they do when they get to, um, you know, EU Masters. Uh, but, you know, it's not unheard of of LEC, like some of the lower tier teams, so to speak, or like not... Most top three teams, in my opinion, uh, for both the LEC and the ERLs, tend to nurture the talent they have there. And then it's like between three and six is where they get the imports. And so it's like, if you have, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he performs in Germany if he does go there, especially because I don't know if he knows any German. Um, yeah, but <clears throat> like seeing how that, like it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe he. Uh, has a better time playing with Germans. Maybe they just play better League of Legends than uh, us Americans. Yeah, no, certainly. And he'll look better. I don't know. Absolutely right? possible. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, but, yeah. uh, Unicorns of Love Sexy Edition does have a Korean mid laner. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so... So they'd be able to work together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's very possible. Um, yeah, I'm not as well-versed, though, in the uh, Korean yeah, League. I, Most of my love goes to yeah. K-Core. In yeah, I mean, Knox, if this goes through, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's just, it's just, an, for me, it's a very interesting place for him to wind up. It's not where I would expect him to go, you know? It, it's not the first thing that comes to mind, no. Um, I actually think it's a very smart move, 
on Winsome's part if this was like his decision making. Yeah. I think he's also sponsored by a uh, Surge, that uh, kind of talent agency group mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so they may have played a part in it too. But either way, I actually think it's a very smart idea, and it's been something that's kind of been talked about. Probably, I've really seen like conversations about it stop up, pop up only like about six months ago. But like, players should start really going over to ERLs and like practicing and training over there because they should actually have a better tier two scene than we do here in NA. I mean, you saw Cody, oh, they do. You, you saw Cody's son go over there. Yeah. Um, granted, he didn't really have much to show for it, but I mean, like the concept's there, right? Right. Like, you should be able to get better. So if Winsome truly does want to compete and get better, I think Prime League is a prime, excuse the oh pun, boy. breeding ground for training. Yeah. Like, I think it's very good for him. <laughs> no, for sure. I think, um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if other players in the future start doing this. Yeah, we saw it with Cody Sun. Uh, maybe we'll see it with other players now that Winsome has gone over there. But I I do wonder if there is room um, for academy-level talent that's looking to make it to LCS to go over to the ERLs and say, like, hey, give me a shot. Um, and they take them. Um, and, yeah, then they get some good experience. So that's super interesting. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye out on. And I think... That's pretty much all the news uh, that I know of, unless you guys are thinking of something else that I uh, <clears throat> that I am missing. I'm looking at... The only other thing I see, and I don't know if we've already talked about this, but Swiper for Golden Guardians is listed as a top laner. Uh, I don't know. If that... <clears throat> he's like a sub, technically. He's just one of the He's coaches. a sub? Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's about it. Asterisk oh, and then I think, uh, yeah, the the rumors did come out that like another rumor came out that Haru is supposed to be the new Vitality jungler, replacing Self Made. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Oh, I mean, yeah, but that's poor Self Made. Hey, Self Made was <laughs> the problem. Always the always, always the problem, never the solution. Right. I, I will say, <laughs> someone on that team. Like, they're all prestigious names, right? Someone on that team had to bite the bullet. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So. And I wish it was Elfari. Well, I mean, fair. Well. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's just, like, your opinion, man. So. Um, all right. Look. <laughs> yeah. Nah, this is an NA podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about Elise when Summer oh, comes sure. back. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of. LEC and other regions. MSI uh, wrapped up the group stage. Uh, as I get the little topic thing in there. Wrapped up group stage. Fairly uh, predictable. <laughs> T1 stomps through. RNG stomps through one and a half times over. G2 stomps through. Um... Uh, what I have to, the things that I want to point out, uh, DFM looked way worse than people expected them to be, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, won their first game and then five L's in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, like they basically beat team A's and then lost every single game, including the rematch against team A's. Which damn losing to team A's. Yeah. Imagine losing to Latin America. 
Oh, well. Um, Red Canids, 2-4 over Istanbul Wildcats. Let's go, baby. You're you're pretty happy about that one. Took a game off uh, PCS as well. Brazil, represent. Uh, And Order doesn't even get a single game. And I think, actually, this is the most shocking thing to me. I expected them to get, like, one game somewhere. Um, I expected it would have been against EG, but they get absolutely nothing. So that's a major feels bad man. Um, but we kind of alluded to this, uh, earlier, just like this group stage early part format, just kind of meh. And now we're on to stage two and like looking at every single like potential matchup. Now, every single best of one is a banger best of one. You're going to have T1 RNG, you know, Saigon Buffalo is just an exciting team to watch. G2 is in there. PSG looked like they came online a bit more, um, you know, after their first couple defeats. You know, EG is there, and, I mean, mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. EG is there. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think it's super interesting, and what's... I'm going to go out on a limb here. Besides RNG and T1, I think the remaining two spots in semifinals are kind of up for grabs. I think G2, probably a heavy favorite. But out of like EG, PSG, and Saigon Buffalo, I think any one of those three teams could be the fourth team into semifinals. Um, yeah. And you could like tell me the results right now. Like you could come back from the future and tell me. And I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, totally. So, uh, Knox, why don't we talk about just like, I don't think we really need to hit um, the group stage itself because it kind of went the way we expected it to. Maybe the one thing that we want to hit on uh, is just EG... 4-0 over OS and 0-4 to EU. So, I mean, that's not the greatest trend coming into Rumble stage. It doesn't look great. I mean, for you, how does that bode going into stiffer competition in T1 and RNG, but also potentially lighter competition in Saigon and uh, PSG? So, the... I feel like uh, I may get pushback on this one, but legitimately, I feel like EG was looking better and better every single game they played. Um, so with that said, I actually have a fair amount of hope for them coming into the second Rumble stage, because I think if you if you track EG throughout the eight games that they played against G2, like the first game was like they got rolled pretty bad. The second game was they were getting rolled, kind of got uh, back in the game off of a dumb G2 Baron throw, and then threw it away really, really terribly. Uh, third game, again, kind of getting rolled in the early game. EG was making progress in the back half, and then ended up losing it as well. And then the fourth game was just, honestly, most of it, EG was like winning everything outside of the team fights, mm. And that was it. So I think, actually... EG's leveled up a lot this tournament. They are still not going to be able to take games off of, like, T1 and RNG. And, hell, maybe they they still won't do G2. But I think the level of play that they've gained off of this group stage 
is going to be enough to secure wins against PSG and uh, Saigon. I, I really do think so. Yeah. Um, I, at least I'm hoping. I'm I'm being NA optimistic right now, hopefully. But I, I, I have faith. I, re- I really, really do have faith. <clears throat> oh, for sure. Uh, Curly, yeah, what do you think about that statement that EG got better as the group stage went on? I'll definitely agree with that. And honestly, that's kind of something I expected because that's... Like, I think I said it last week where there's a good chance uh, that this is going to be a microcosm of how they did spring. Because at the beginning of spring, they kind of weren't all that. They were... Like, I didn't give them a second look. I expected us to be above them. And then by the end, they came online and then they won the <laughs> shit out of uh, LCS, yeah. right? <clears throat> they went on an absolute stomp from fourth seed... Uh, on the verge of elimination to 3 0ing the two, I would argue, actual best teams in the league after C9 slot. So, this is a team that shows adaptability, and you can even actually see that in that second game where they are, uh, which I reviewed today, where they find that moment where they get the caps shut down and they take control of the game because they're like, all right, caps can't come save the team. We can take this 3v4, win it get the Baron, and that was like one of the most effective Baron usages I've ever mm. seen in pro play, because they went from just getting the Baron and only having one turret in the top lane, to now they had all Tier 1 and Tier 2 turrets, and they had the bot and mid in it, all off of one Baron and a team fight. So, this is a team that I think can learn and adapt on the fly, but we need to be very, very cautious about their team fighting, because I think that's where they're going to fall yeah. short. And so I'm optimistic for them because when it came to any time, especially after day two, any time they faced order, they like got a little bit serious and they were like, all right, we're going to stomp like we should. And so I do believe they're going to be like, they're not going to take uh, PSG Talon or Saigon Buffalo mm-hmm. lightly. I think they're going to perform like we need to kick their teeth in because we're supposed to be above them. Um, but because of the whole team fighting asterisk, I'm nervous that they might be one of potentially two teams to drop to Saigon mm-hmm. Buffalo. I think the only other teams would either be RNG, because as good as they are, I feel like because they <clears throat> RNG and the general LPL kind of like scrappy style, I think is something that VCS and specifically Saigon Buffalo would be able to thrive off of. And so like it's going to be very... I'm actually very excited for the Rumble stage to see how these teams perform. But yeah, with NA... So I'm hoping that EG kind of like grow especially during this week mm-hmm. off and i really want to see us finally take a game off of g2 because i think by now we do we've learned we've gotten our like we've gotten our asses kicked four times by eu we've got to figure out how we can like take it back yeah i think um the thing i liked about eg and all of the pretty much all the eu games um I don't know what that face was for, Knox. Um, the thing that I liked I, about... I, I was reading Rice's comment on, like, if SGB makes top four, but just imagine how strong Gigabyte is. Oh, yeah, And yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> holy... I wasn't even thinking yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, now I have a side note on that in just a moment. All right, let me, let me do my first <laughs> thought. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I just... <laughs> unlike, I just like, oh, unlike, man. like, some NA teams that you would see at international events, it never felt like EG gave up in any of the games. Like, it never felt like they were like, all right, we're losing, we're done. No, they kept playing. 
And at certain points, there were actually moments where, like, they could have won probably two of those games if they had just played it a little bit better. Um, So, there's that. I don't think... um, I don't... Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go 0-10 in this stage at all. Uh, The other thought I had... Is Vietnam going to get two slots at uh, at Worlds this year? They should. They should have one in the main stage and one in the playing yeah. stage. So that'll be really interesting to see. Very excited to have two Vietnamese teams uh, back. That'll be really cool. All right. Uh, so let's talk. Um, let's just talk about Rumble Stage. I think we'll do Rumble Stage. Looking ahead to that. Um, and then we'll talk about the format a bit and what we like and what we would change because uh, I think there's some good thoughts to be had there. So, Rumble Stage. I don't see this. The schedule does not appear to be out yet. It's not on uh, It's not on LOLpedia. Let me see if it's on LOL Esports real quick. It's on uh, LOL.fandom.com. It's not specifically Right, that. like we don't know who's playing first uh, and whatnot, which would be... Yeah, no, it's not right. been released. So that'll be super interesting to see how things uh, come down. And they got to release that, because that uh, that's coming up quick. That starts Friday. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. You could... My guess is for viewership, they're going to kick it off with LCK versus uh, Oh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, they, they'll do their best to make sure the Western <clears throat> games take place later yeah. in the day, so that way Western regions have a chance at watching yeah, them. at like 7 a.m. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> I mean, so let's have some realistic talk about how well we think EG can do here. Um, I mean, I, for one, look at this as a likely, you know, probably like around a four and six, if I had to guess. Like, I think, you know, Saigon is beatable. I think PSG is beatable. And then I think they can scrap a game from you know, one of G2, RNG, even T1. Like, NA always gets that one random win against, like, China or Korea. Uh, Cloud9 did it last year, even though they didn't make it out of Rumble stage. Like, we always manage to get that one random win on stage against a top-tier region. Um, So, I mean, right now, I feel like like four and six is probably it, and then you either get the tiebreaker for fourth, or you just get through um, anyways. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Curly, how are you How are you feeling about EG's chances in Rumble stage? I'm thinking it's going to be more likely a potential 5-5. I think they're kind of going to go even. I do not think we got a chance against T1. Like, I very much switched up my opinion about T1 in the whole tournament overall. Uh, after this whole week. Um, I do think they'll be able to pull a game out of uh, G2 and a game out of RNG. I'm fearful they will drop a game to Saigon Buffalo, but I don't think they should uh, lose to uh, PSG Talon Mm -hmm. at all, if I'm being honest, just because of the way I've seen them play. Like PSG Talon definitely has woken up at the latter half of the group stage, but I still think EG is just going to be better. Right. You know? Um, So I think it's going to be a solid 5-5. I wouldn't be surprised if it's fourth place. Um, Yeah. 
That's just... That's kind of where I'm feeling. Like, we're going to sneak into the knockout mm. stage, and then we'll see how we go yeah, from there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nox, how are you? A very different tune from last <laughs> week. <laughs> Nox, how are you feeling about Rumble stage so far? I'm, I'm going to get specific with it. We are going to 2-0 PSG. We're going to go 1-1 with Saigon. Mm. We're going to go 0-2 to G2. We're going to take one game off of RNG, and we're going to go 0-2 to T1, totaling being 4-6 and six overall, and we'll sneak in in 4 yeah. Okay. I can see that happening. Um, I love how we're in agreement that we will like will probably want be one of the teams to lose to Saigon Buffalo. <laughs> I, I, but also will somehow beat China. No, I mean <laughs> I, I, that's just the dichotomy of NA, right? Like wins a game against China or Korea, drops a game to the random Vietnamese or you know minor region team. Um. I'm enjoying the people in chat saying Saigon Buffalo will go 10-0. Uh, considering they, <laughs> the they couldn't beat T1 in the group stage, I kind of I kind of doubt that. I think T1 is still my favorite um, right now. I think uh, they're definitely my front runners, but I I'm excited for Saigon. Like my like here's what would be amazing. It's T1, RNG, EG, Saigon as the 1, 2, 3, 4, right? G2 collapses. <laughs> and then, all right, I'm predicting the future here. <laughs> Saigon surprises T1. They just absolutely smack them. Ch uh, RNG, definitely good, but I think decidedly weaker than T1 in my opinion. EG beats RNG. <laughs> and it's an EG Saigon <laughs> Buffalo Finals. It goes to game five. Saigon Buffalo pulls out the Nasus support. And it decimates the EG bot lane. And uh, Saigon Buffalo wins. And Vietnam is number one in the world. Sandy, have you ever considered being a fanfic writer? <laughs> what in the world? I think I need to call the TVA I, right I now. I hit all the salient points, didn't I? Huge, <laughs> this is a huge branch off the sacred timeline. Jeez, yeah. bro. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, NASA support. I'm just waiting for the NASA support. It's it, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Man. Don't worry. NASA support. Shut up. It, it's, no. it's on that its way. Cringe. So, it's not so cringe. Actually, I, I it's real. It's real. I, I want to bring up a legitimate point real quick, though, because something Peter Dunn said in the Oracle's Elixir Discord uh, was basically that the Vietnamese bot lane was pretty much the only bot lane that was consistently just smashing mm. EG and Scrums. Yeah. Like, the their bot lane, from the sounds of it from Peter Dunn's perspective, is like the best lane in the tournament, which I'm almost inclined to agree. Like, I want to I wanna see how they match up against... Uh, RNG's bot lane, and that's pretty much it. Because I actually, like, they showed against T1 that they absolutely can smash them in lane. Yeah, they first-blooded T1 at the start of the tournament. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I just, their bot lane is nutty, and I'm very, very excited to watch those lane matchups. For sure. All right, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's the other question: Is T1 going to go undefeated uh, in this group stage? No, G2 is going to take at least one game off of them. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'll also say no, but I'm not confident enough to say who. Who's going to? No, it's take definitely it going to be G2, and probably RNG, but like definitely. I, G2. It's just I G2 don't think stomping if, T1. If T1 drops happens. a game, it'll be to a random team, not RNG. I think it'll be one of the other four teams just randomly getting a dub. <laughs> it won't be us. It's not going to be no, us. No, it, it could absolutely happen. And then NA is just going to get incredibly hype. And, you know, and then we'll lose in semis. This is the other timeline that, that I'm going to predict. You know, we beat T1. It's incredibly hype. Like, we beat T1 to get into semis. Like, they're the 10th game. EG beats them. And then we're all like, oh my gosh, we beat T1, and now we're in semis. And then we have to go up against Look. T1 in semis. And then they just stomp them 3-0. Uh, and, you know, the hype is crushed. Nah, see, what see, here's the thing, right? Tonight, Sandy, because you were, like, <laughs> full of hopium right now. Uh, I had some oh my really gosh. good pizza earlier, actually. So. Is there, is there, is there, like, a Teemo nearby or something? Like, what's up? Uh, <laughs> but no, um... It, I'm going to reinforce, though, my G2 claim, because G2 is known as the LC mm. killers. Um, so, like, I, I really do think they've just got... And then especially, like, they're performing out of their minds. They, I want to say, at least in our group, and I want to say among, like, higher than most other teams in the stage are the most coordinated team. Because specifically from the game I saw today, it's like, there was never a lane versus lane fight it was always someone else was ready to join in at some point meaning yankos was perfectly there for the gank or caps had roamed or uh targamas had roamed up mid to help caps like they are always ready to outnumber you in the early game to get everyone ahead at the same time and so they have a really monstrous early game and i think that's something they would be able to hold over t1 and then they just have to not lose a Baron fight after after an overextended split push, and they can absolutely take it off. No, but so 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 that's my case for G two. I can see it. All right, uh, MSI Rumble stage starts Friday. We have no idea who plays when when EG plays, so we will uh, we'll see. Check it up yourself. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> uh, all right, the MSI format. A uh, lot of discussion uh, about how boring the group stage was um one suggestion and i you might have suggested this Knox, is um a swiss style format for this first part yeah you want to just pull mean? up the powerpoint Sandy? <laughs> no i don't have uh, time we, for we don't PowerPoint. have time for the powerpoint give us the tldr uh, uh but so we, i we can bullet point the powerpoint i mean for those not familiar with swiss style why don't you give like the like a thirty second rundown of how that would work? Because I think what I presume you had was it's Swiss style for like these eleven regions, and then you get the top six out of that, and then you go to the normal group stage, right? Oh, hold on. Okay. Oh boy. No, the, oh, the, I made it a lot more bigger. Than <laughs> oh that. dear. So what is this? I basically copied the current format for the current CS:GO major that is happening right now. So the way the CS:GO majors work right now are Strap in, everybody. sixteen teams <laughs> come into the bottom Swiss bracket. Right? These are usually your like mid-tier teams and your bottom-tier teams mm -hmm. that are like the quote-unquote like the wild cards of like CS:GO or whatever. 
Um, basically, it's 16 teams, and they're seeded 1 through 16. 1 will play 16, 2 will play 15, so on and so forth. And it's just the best of one. What happens then is whoever wins that goes into an upper bracket, quote-unquote, and whoever loses that goes into a bottom bracket. And then you play someone else who's at the top of that, and if you're at the bottom of that particular bracket, you play them, and so on and so forth, and the same on the other side. And basically, you slowly filter to two different pyramids at the very end of the tip, and whoever is at the very top half, like whoever gets the three wins first out of those 16, they move on. If you don't make three wins in that bracket stage, you are out of the tournament. <laughs> so what I ended up suggesting for MSI is that every region now sends its top two teams. So you now have a total of 24 teams. And you take the top eight regions first seeds, and they automatically get placed in the top Swiss bracket, and the rest get put in the bottom bracket. And you play out two Swiss brackets, top eight move on to the next one, you play out another Swiss bracket, then you go on to bracket stage, and that's just a regular best of three for quarterfinals, first versus eight, uh, second versus seventh, so on and so forth. Semifinals are best of five, finals are best of five. That is MSI. Hmm. That is like my condensed version of it. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, I certainly do like it. Um, I think you could also... You could probably do like a three or four round. It would be kind of feels bad for probably the minor region teams, but you could probably do like a three or four round Swiss um, to whittle it down from 11 to six. And then you do the group stage. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, that's certainly an interesting format. I think overall though, Curly, I think you would probably agree the format does need to change. It does and need to change. It, it's, it's clear that, that... We've, we've been stuck with this format for too long, and the world's <laughs> format uh, for too long. The only thing that's really changed about both MSI and Worlds is the play-in stage. Like it went from minor regions did their own thing to now the minor regions play the major regions in some basically performative matches that mean pretty much nothing. <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, I think for MSI at the very least, uh, that Swiss style or like copying the current CSGO major sounded like a little much for something <laughs> that's mid-season. Because I think like if you if you try to make it something so big, because something I like about the mid-season is I consider it more supposed to be a check-in on how everyone's doing. And they get that international competition against other regions so they know what to prepare for for Worlds. So it's something that's still fun because it's the novelty of international, but it's not more hype than Worlds. And it's not and because you want you want your end of the season thing to be the most hype thing whatsoever. So that being said, MSI is still lackluster from what I want it to be. So I don't I don't think something like the Swiss style or like what you recommended, Knox, is bad. It just sounds like too much, especially for Riot Production to do. It's already a lot coordinating all these regions, all these different broadcasts and all that stuff for something that is in the middle of a bunch of splits. Like, you'd, I feel like you'd have to change the overall seasons for everyone altogether to make sure you'd have enough time for all of it. Because that is a lot, so, a lot, I, a lot of production. I, I actually accounted for all that in the PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, you can drop it in the Discord so, later. So the, but, the only thing I changed was I added one extra day of show days 
and mm-hmm. there's two days worth of show days that have an extra three hours tacked on, and that is all that I had to add. Ooh, that is so much. That is so much from a production aspect, in my opinion. But I mean, it's more, it's feasible, I guess. It, see, but, yeah, but it's I feasible think... is what I was of the opinion of. But in my opinion, I'm going to be honest, I think we need to make MSI shorter and simpler, and it needs to only be two weeks, period. And so I think, like, I don't have a perfect format in my head, but what I imagine, and I think I've seen, like, some other recommendations similar to this, is, like, you know, Pool 1 teams, LCK, LPL, LEC, they automatically get into what is the rumble stage or, like, you know, something like that. They just get to do it. Um, if you want to have four teams, then I'd say NA is that. But if you want NA to have to play in, then you do the plans. And this is also going to be under the... Actually, no. I would say NA also automatically gets a spot because in terms of viewership, they would bring a good amount. So you have those four teams automatically in the mid-stage. Now what you do is if you want to keep it like the current Rumble where it's only six teams, you have... Um, two groups of the minor regions, and this is assuming all 12 regions are there, you have two groups, and the top performer, like, the top two from each get to enter a mini semifinals, and the top two teams then get in. And, there, you know, there's just kind of a show match at the end of, like, alright, who is in what seat, you know? <clears throat> so who's fifth, who's sixth, and all that stuff. I mean, granted, they still would go on anyway, and it'd be kind of like the rumble stage, but that could take place over much less time, and... You know, the four major regions wouldn't even have to play that initial group stage. You can do all the round robins in less time. Um, and then you have the rumble stage, and then you have the semifinals like it is. It's two weeks. It's shorter. It's a lot more sweet. The group stages mean a lot more because it's more of a play-ins, and it's actually unique competition. You're not expecting stomps everywhere. And then there's a nice window on both sides uh of the before and after for teams to just kind of rest and get ready for the next thing because it prevents um, the kind of burnout that happens from going all the way in uh, MSI because that's the curse of MSI is you always see, like you tend to see the winners or like people who go far struggle to pick their feet back up in the summer portions of their season. So I really think like as much as I love MSI as an idea and think it should be something more hype, I think it's also something that needs to be shorter which would help with the hype you know what i mean that's fair uh for my part i would actually just copy over the vct uh masters format um i think you get best of threes straight from the start um double elimination pretty much the whole way through uh yes would it suck for a team to go and then basically get like 2-0, 2-0'd, yes. Um, and I think you also, at that point, like, you would need um, maybe to restructure, like, how many teams come from what regions. Like, maybe China and Korea each get two. And then, you know, because you got to, like, bring it up to probably 16 teams uh, for MSI. Um, but I think going to Worlds... This would be very easy to do. Um, it would be very easy to set this up uh, as 
a possibility as a format. So I just think there's a better way, and I think people generally are very tired of best of ones in the international space um, because I don't think over time it, especially like here at MSI, where we we basically are going to watch like almost 100 best of ones, and then we get three best of fives to close out the tournament. And that just doesn't feel like enough. So it, MSI in total has a total of 66 group stage games. Yeah. And and then you get maximum 15 games in, in a best of five format. Potentially as few as nine in a best of five. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the disparity there, I think, is what people are um, struggling with. I could see a world, because, yeah, Ricebox says... I would prefer more best of fives, but I appreciate at least some best of ones. I I think you bring back kind of like the wild card play in tournament where the wild cards play each other, the uh, minor regions, and they play each other in kind of a group stage thing. Uh, and then it's best of threes throughout. I mean, I think that's very possible. All right. So, uh, all right, real quick, just the, because did you watch uh, Jazz JLXB? On format, uh, I watched. I did the first two, so I don't think I've seen that one yet. Um, okay, so just the only reason I'm saying it really quick is because it's just literally he addresses your point about the wild card tournaments mm. and that Riot no longer wants to do them because it no it did not pull in the viewership that they yeah. wanted and the production costs of it were far too high for them to do. And- so they no longer want to do separate wild card tournaments, which sucks. Because international wildcard invitational and international wildcard qualifier were like dope as hell. They actually I were. I love watching those back in 2015 and 2016. Those were uh, some bangers, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> I have a surprise twist for you guys. Um, oh, boy. Is it bait or great? I have a bait or great for you. Ah, I called it. I knew it was <laughs> And uh, I think it's it's a much better one than uh, than the one. What, what was the one I had last week uh rangar, rangar which i oof, i was i was very incorrect about that still waiting on my 30 uh, percent yeah <laughs> uh but i i do have one i actually have two do you guys want do you want the mid laner one or do you want the jungler one we kind of did jungler last with rangar, the jungler. so i was gonna say let's do mid. all right mid lane all right let's do mid okay so this champion just to give you some context I'm going to give you, like, the stats for it first before I say the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it has a 67% presence. It's been picked 11 times and banned 13 times. Um, So, it Mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely been showing up. Uh, However, it only has a 36% win rate. It is 4 and 7. I also want to note that it was banned on blue side. It's basically... Of those thirteen bands, ten of them have been on blue side, and nine of them have nine of the eleven picks have also been on blue side. So basically, like tons of blue side priority for picking it, and if you're not going to pick it, you're banning it on blue side generally. Is it twisted fate? However, That's it has a thirty-six percent win rate. Bait or great? Twisted I, I think, fate. I think it's twisted fate. And yes, that, okay. that is. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Yeah. I was like, the moment you said it's blue side, twisted fate. The moment you said blue side, I was like, it's twisted. Fate. So, I mean, this is. I was just looking at at these stats, and it's fascinating to me that teams are picking this, like prioritizing this so highly on blue side, 
and yet the win rate is abysmal. It's four and like I mean four and seven. It's a sample size of you know eleven games, but still, um, you know only a thirty six percent win rate. I mean just looking at who has played it, uh, f- the the people who have won, Faker, uh, Froggy, Zhaohu, and Caps, and then the L's were uh, Yaharong twice. Uh, Kisei, Grevthar, Jojo Pune. Kisei lost on it twice. Um, Yaharong lost on it twice. So, uh, and four of those times, the TF lost to the Silas. Um, a couple times to Gwen. So, yeah, Twisted Fate. Bait or great? Um. <sighs> I think Arkham Avalon says it best in uh, in the chat right now. It's bait for bad mm. teams, but if you have a great mid laner, it's great. Which, considering the formats, or like considering the mid laners that you named, they're all pretty good. <laughs> and like Froggy, <clears throat> like. Who uh, who did Froggy win against with uh with the TF? Because Froggy is for uh, he's, he's Saigon, Saigon Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. So who did who did he win against? Uh, he TF? beat he beat Team A's with it, and he was going into yeah, Galio. Be- Interesting. So well, so that's against Team A's, right? That's kind of a free win, no matter what. So I feel like we gotta respectfully, I gotta take Froggy out of the mix there. But the other three that have true genuine showmanship with this are TF are are, are um Faker, Caps, and Xiaohu. So if you're not named those, I don't think you should pick it respectfully. Maybe Jojo could get it off against uh PSG Talon or hypothetically Saigon Buffalo, but no one else should be picking TF. There you go. Uh, Knox, what are your thoughts on TF? Uh, is there an option in between bait and great? <laughs> I mean, you could take what Curly just said and bait for bad teams, great for good teams that know how to utilize it. Um, I don't even necessarily think it's bait for bad teams either. I mean, I feel like no matter what champions picked in those matchups, like those teams are going to get rolled anyway. I, I don't think TF really played into baiting <laughs> like the team into like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't think TF's a bait at all. I also don't necessarily think it's all that great. I think it's a little over prioritized based off the stats you were listing. So, um, cause what you said, it was a presence of, it was picked 12 times banned 13. With a presence of like sixty-seven, uh, it was picked correct? eleven mm-hmm. times and banned thirteen. So it's, yeah, sixty-seven percent uh, presence. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'd I'd be like very happy with TF if he was probably sitting around like a fifty percent uh, presence rate. But sixty-seven is a little high for me. I, th- I think he's a little overprioritized, but I don't think he's bait. I don't necessarily think he's great either. I think he's just a solid option for teams and. At least for the teams who lost with them, like that win percentage, I really do think just kind of comes down to the teams themselves. I I don't think the champion pick itself has to do anything with the 
actual win loss ratio. Yeah. I mean that's fair. Totally fair. Uh, I mean just yeah, looking at uh looking at some of the defeats. Yeah, a lot of them they were going into pretty good teams. Uh, or at least teams that were supposed to be better than them. So yeah, well I mean but that's why I think it's interesting because like the stats don't look amazing for it, but Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. So, uh, okay, that was our surprise bait or great. I think we're pretty much wrapped up with MSI. I thought there were two. Oh, I well, two. Uh, I mean, I could do that. That's for next week. Well, I could I could give you the, oh, okay, the okay, jungler okay, okay. if you want real fast. We could do it. We could do a second one. Yeah, give it to us. And we, we, we can do a speed All right, round. speed round. All right, jungler picked <clears throat> 16 times, banned five. So, Is it no. Wukong? Uh, so fi- stop guessing. Jeez. So 58% uh, <laughs> presence, uh, but it is 5 and 11 so far. Um, and then it's been pretty pretty sent? even for, you know, which side has it. Uh, this bait or great for the jungle is Viego. Viego. Wow, he's been picked that much. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Okay. 16 times. And what's this one? Uh, 7 on blue, 9 on red. Um, and yeah, uh, five and 11 so far, uh, looking at who has played him. Let's see. RNG's one with we had it. Some, uh, um, Yanko's got a dub. Way has had two BG. dubs. Uh, Bean J, uh, Steel played a couple times. Inspired lost once. Uh, Zhuhan lost a couple times. Um, okay. I'm going to make this simple. Curly's argument for Twisted Fate, apply that one to this one, and that's my argument. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't even think it's bait or great. I think it comes strictly... <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we literally <laughs> flamed, <laughs> we flipped arguments. It literally just comes down to the actual matchup itself. Everything here in the data I'm looking at is like, yeah, the better team chose to pick Viego this time, and I guess they won. Yeah, the worst team for some reason chose Viego, and I guess they yeah. lost. Like, I don't think it's tied at all. Yeah, no, I think. Uh, no, no, I, th- I think that's totally good. I mean, it's just super. Um... <laughs> Cannot believe we just swapped opinions on Champions. <laughs> that's pretty. The old platform switch. That's pretty funny. <laughs> all right, uh, there we go. Uh, that is the MSI conversation for now. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back to more. Interestingly enough, just looking at how the schedule is supposed to go, um, looks like we will do our next show, uh, the night before the final day of Rumble. Um, so that could be very interesting. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, because we won't be able to get a proper one, a recap of the Rumble, will we? Well... I mean, uh, I mean, we could do. We'll see. We It'll could be, do like a Wednesday night show. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Uh, we'll figure that yeah. out. Um, right. So, uh, in other uh, in other news, Kodoran made his way to Smash Summit uh, this past weekend, and Knox, uh, let's hear from you because you said you watched uh, a lot of his matches uh how how did as, summit... as much as i could yeah, yeah yeah so how did how did he look uh at summit um if i'm being completely honest 
uh, and I, I watched his video on this too. He he posted on his Twitter basically. He was like, I feel like I and I'm, I'm like quoting paraphrasing. He's like, I feel like I got underseated a little bit or a uh, and he did have a really tough group. Yeah. Like his initial smash group was uh, Leffen, Hungry Box, and Salt. Oof. Like that is a hell of a group yeah. to like start off in. Um. So he went. 0-3 against Leffen, and he went 1-3 and against Hungrybox. I didn't get to watch his Salt match. Um, and then the other two that I did get to watch was when they finally reached bracket stage, he played against Mango, and he beat him 3-2, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very clutch uh, stage 5. And then he happened to run into Zane, who's currently the best Marth player in the world. And so you had a Marth uh, mirror matchup, and he got 0-3 there, and he dropped out. And uh, I would say at the end of it, he, he looks, uh, the matches I watched, I'll be honest, he didn't look all that competitive, um, which really sucks. Yeah. But then I watched the mango match and it was just like, Oh, holy shit. He's on. <laughs> and then he hit this, then he hit the Zane matchup. Uh, and it was just like, I don't even think he played the Zane matchup all that bad. Uh, granted, I'm not super technical in the smash realm. So I don't know how all the mechanics and stuff work, mm-hmm. but he looked like he was like, handling him for the most part and they were like close losses on all three stages but he did get oh and three at the end of the day yeah. so um i would say overall it was a solid ish tournament for kadorn but i guarantee you check his twitter he was not happy yeah but go seriously if you if you want to get in the smash and you want to go support kadorn go rewatch <laughs> the mango kadorn matchup that those five stages were awesome it was a great great match no, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I think you know, his his time with FlyQuest is still very much, you know, on the outset. Like he's still, you know, very new to what he's accomplishing here and everything. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still excited to watch him, you know, play. Um, I'm still, it's still great that we've got another uh esport to be into um but yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure for him it's not easy to get stuck in a group like that and then having to go up against um so many good players i think beating mango i think three two you said it was i mean that's that's really good um like mango's just one of the the old gods he's one of the goats one of the old gods he's one of the goats for sure um and but Zane is like the new goat, really. He's like Zane's really on the come up, um, and so I mean he, I think Zane, Kadorin, guys like them, they're really the future of melee. Um, so I'm excited to see how that like rivalry almost. I don't know if I want to call it a rivalry yet, but how that like how that narrative maybe flourishes as time goes on. Um. So yeah, right, right now, right now, there's not much of a rivalry. Yeah. From from the the brief research that I've done, it sounds like Zane pretty much just holds anything and everything over Kadoran. Right yeah. Now. Like if Kadoran is the number two mark player in the world right now, like Zane's Zane is number yeah. one by a still solid. Oh, mile. for sure. So, uh, yeah. So I'm just interested to see though where the narrative goes with uh with them. Uh, okay. Anything else on uh Kadoran or other? Uh, other uh, FlyQuest or other... Oh, we wanted to talk about um, 
the Korean solo queue. Actually, breaking news, uh, as of, like, yeah. 20 minutes 20 ago, minutes. Uh, Johnson hit Challenger in eight days. Uh, he hit Korean Challenger in eight days, which is absolutely crazy. If you're looking to... As an ADC, bro? If you're looking Come to on. track his account, it is just straight up Fly Johnson. Um, so pretty easy to follow. We did have a list of their of the whole team or most of the team's korean solo queue accounts and what the names were uh but they have been changing them uh here and there so i'm not exactly sure what the current list out is but nox did you have uh the i don't know if you had the opggs pulled up or or what but uh, I, I pretty much have them off the, off the top of my head right yeah, now. Yeah, so why don't you fire away with where everyone's chilling at? So, Jose Diodo is just shy of Challenger right now. He's like a solid... I uh, I can't remember if he was Grandmasters or Masters, but he, he's in that range right now. Uh, Philip is currently low Masters. Uh, Kumo is high Masters. Um... I'm like forgetting. Johnson just a challenger, which is really, really dope. I've yet to see Tomo's solo queue account. Uh, the the list that I got, I don't know if the name was misspelled or what, but I was never even able to look up Tomo at all. But uh, supposedly he's doing really, really well too. Nice. And then uh, everyone else I have not heard on. So I know Takui and Aframu were confirmed heading over to Korea later. I don't know if they're over there yet or if they're like just now arriving. I don't know what the deal with that is. So. Those are pretty much all the ones that I know for sure. Solid. Uh, Curly, what's what's your expectation for Korean solo queue? Should everyone make it to Challenger by the by the end of the <clears throat> month? Is that what we should expect here? I mean, the uh, main roster, absolutely. I mean, like, if Johnson can reach Challenger in eight days on ADC, granted, I don't know if he's grinding more than the others... Uh, or if he's just had luckier teammates, or what the deal is. But if he can do it as an ADC within eight days, I'm sure the rest of the squad can get up to Challenger by the end of the month for sure. It, it sucks. And, um, oh, sorry, continue. But then, as for Academy, I'm hoping that they reach Challenger. I don't know where everyone's going to be, especially because, you know, particularly with uh, Philip and Yuji and Spirax, because they're younger players and they're still growing as players. Um, being introduced to this Korean environment. I don't know if it's going to be a new experience for them. And I don't know, specifically with Yuji coming from Mongolia, I don't know how that might translate to his performance in solo queue. But I think it... I hope that they're able to reach Challenger uh, by the end of their stint there. But yeah. Uh, I was going to say, for Jose Diodo, he was actually on track to be the first two-hit Challenger. And then he had an 11-game loss streak. And oh, I, 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 I didn't look at... Uh, the actual details of the match, but like if you look at his KDAs, it doesn't look his fault. <laughs> like he he looked like he was just getting crappy teams, so it, it sucked. He actually should have been challenger probably even in seven days over Johnson, but he just I don't know what the hell Riot threw at him, but he just got some awful teams. Well, it's good to know that uh, you know there's one thing that Jose and I have in common. And that is my teammates holding me back in solo queue. Um, so always, always, and forever. <laughs> that is, we do have that in common. 
I believe that's everything for the show, uh, unless you guys have something else. Otherwise, I'm going to wind us down. Oh, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. No, I'm ready to wind down. I've been up since 4 a.m. Ooh, ooh boy. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, in that case, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of Flight Check. Uh, MSI Rumble Stage starts Friday at 4 a.m. again. Uh, so change your sleep schedule or be prepared to uh, watch in the afternoon along with me, which is what I'll be doing uh, all weekend long. Oh. I'll try and have recommendations in the chat sometime in the morning-ish. Yes. Because usually I wake up and it's the first thing I knock out. So if anyone wants oh. to know whether to skip, highlights, or watch, I'll try and have that in our Discord. Which I can tell you right now what it's going to be. T1 RNG, always watch. T1 G2, always watch. EG Saigon Buffalo, watch the one that we lose. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, uh, too I think many to you go should through. probably be watching most of them. Everything. Yeah, I, I will not be tossing anywhere near as many skips as I was in the <laughs> uh, play-in stage, but I, there's probably going to be a couple, like, just watch the highlights of this one. For sure. Like T1 versus PSG Talon, probably. Uh, yeah, probably something like that. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. For sure. Uh, so we'll be following MSI Rumble stage very closely, of course. So be sure to follow us on Twitter for all our instant reactions and thoughts. You can catch the show at Flight Check Crew. Myself at SantosDB, nice cough there. Uh, Knox at <laughs> Knoxmore with two R's, and Curly at Curly underscore double Q underscore. Uh, if you follow the show on Twitter, do make sure to check uh, the Twitter on Mondays. Uh, sometimes we'll announce if the show is going to be late or if there's no show. That way you are not taken by surprise. Uh, and like we were just saying, make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well. Uh, there should be a link in the chat, uh, or you can find it um, probably in the video description as well. Uh, all kinds of esports discussion and posting of food and LCS roster rumors taking place there. And, and, PowerPoints. and PowerPoints. And if you missed any part of this and episode, the VOD will be up on YouTube later tonight or tomorrow morning. The audio version of this episode will go up on your podcast listening platforms uh, sometime later this week. And if you are listening to that and would like to catch the show live, we broadcast the episode almost every Monday night at almost 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Uh, Curly, any final yeah. notes, plugs, shoutouts before we uh, call it a night? <clears throat> Um, I think my, my final notes are just with MSI. Like, despite the lackluster uh, excitement from some of the matches, I still enjoy uh, the international tournament. And, like, most importantly, shout out to the broadcast team, bringing a lot of collaboration and excitement when they can to matches. Like, the whole uh, little bingo thing they had when they knew it was going to be a boring day was very exciting. So just, like, shout out to them, especially with working with a lot of strange international schedules. They're, like, you're trying your best, Riot, and I appreciate that. Totally fair. Uh, Nox, how about you? Um, shout out to you guys, as always. Uh, appreciate doing this every week, especially because uh, it's kind of boring right now with only international content that's going on in the middle of the night. Uh, hopefully Fly gets started soon and we can actually get down to the good discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, 
Man, I don't know. My brain's fried. I've been awake for way too long. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Very fair. Uh, for my part, I'm trying to think if I have any any good shout-outs. Um, May not be a shout-out. We may yeah. just not have shout-outs. It might not be a shout-out week. I didn't have anything <clears throat> planned for shout-outs. Uh, here, here, hold on. Sandy, I'll give you one. Shout-out to Aframu for the Bard video. Oh, shout-out to Aframu for <laughs> dropping a how-to-play-Bard video. Uh, you know, that, that looks real good, and I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it's yeah, be... you, as a jungler. Yeah, the jungler and you really needs to watch that Bard I actually, I, I do like to off-roll support. Um, I think, I think it's fun, because normally people who play support, when they get off-rolled, aren't, aren't actually good at it, so... You know, I try to be a decent support. Uh, so, hey, shout out to good supports because uh, the world needs more of you out there. Uh, that is everything from us. Uh, we'll be back next week sometime to talk about uh, how Rumble Stage uh, is going. So for now, I'll just say stay safe out there. Don't forget to hit, hit the head on the nail. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Adios. Have a good one, guys. Peace, y'all.